Hey, Michaela. Mm-hmm. Chopsticks or fork? Fork. Yeah? Yeah. Have you ever had a crack with chopsticks? Well, I don't really eat Asian food, so... Ooh, hello. <laughs> G'day to all the Asian listeners. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. And welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Tradies Business Show, brought to you by all other foods apart from Asian. Now, we are a very multicultural show. Um, it's just that Michaela can't use chopsticks. No. We, we really should get a video of you attempting to use chopsticks, shouldn't we? It would go viral, because I'm terrible. <laughs> Anything that requires coordination. <laughs> well, uh, I've seen the way you treat the cables in the studio, and... Uh, to all the tradies out there, I know you appreciate this, is there's nothing worse than a tradesman getting his leads or hoses or ropes all tangled up by an apprentice or somebody who just doesn't understand how important it is to keep them all laying nicely and straight. And So my biggest pet peeve, I think, of one, or one of many that my husband has is that his leads are all beautifully wrapped together in mm-hmm. logical order mm-hmm. and whenever I use them... They never go back the way they just it's quick do a quick hard. round and just get it all so it fits on the hook and it drives him insane. Never let a woman touch your cables. No, no, <laughs> especially me. But yeah, I, I just you know they get tangled. I don't even do anything. They just get tangled. Mm. So Warren we, has we need the job. to get a, a cable expert to come in and talk about how not to get your cables tangled. But today on the Tradies Business Show. Uh, we have a great guest coming in to talk about something that I think baffles a lot of trade business owners or maybe scares them a little bit is terms and conditions in mm. uh, contracts and agreements and things. So Now, copying terms and conditions from somebody else that you've done work with isn't the no? way that you should do it, Warwick. So you don't just cut and paste? No, oh. and then just update it as you please and then you've got this mismatch of things and right. it's not... It is a really important area, isn't it? And especially with if you're doing bigger jobs or work where there might be comebacks um, and certainly working with other contractors and bigger contractors, it is really important to get these things right. So today we're talking with Larry Brownson from LedgerGuard, who uh, is going to share some insights into how to get your T's and C's or your fine print right and uh, how it can actually, I guess, protect you from some... Mm, Expensive cock-ups. That's it. And this could save you thousands of dollars of money this episode. Great. Let's get into it. So joining us in the Tradies Business Show studio today is Larry Brownson from LedgerGuard. Larry, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Great to have you here. And uh, Larry, today, among other things, you're going to talk to us about the really exciting and uh, riveting topic of fine print and terms and conditions. But uh, tell us a bit more about yourself, Larry, and how you, you came to be part of LedgerGuard. Yes, well, Warwick, um, quite a few years ago, I uh, had a business and we did a couple of private functions and um, got stiffed for the final payment. We got a deposit and I thought at the time, what did I need in place to ensure that that didn't happen? And I found out by doing a little bit of digging that I should have had an agreement in place and something that, that we both signed off on and a clear understanding about uh, what both parties would uh, bring to the to the deal, and uh, so I thought at that stage, if I ever got out of um, 
that particular business, I'd look at starting up something that uh, handled credit risk management. So, uh, so here I am doing uh, this thing uh, under the banner of uh, LedgerGuard PTY Limited. It is such an area that I think um, people overlook in business and particularly in the trades. Uh, you know, this whole idea of having a written agreement and a contract. I mean, so many things are done on handshake. And, uh, you know, I know my dad is a builder. Lots of business used to get done at the pub on a Friday night. Um, and there was certainly no written agreements back then. But it's it's something that's becoming more and more important, isn't it, Larry? It It sure is. And I can understand a lot of tradesmen like to be on the tools when it comes to paperwork and, and, and stuff like that. It's a, an area that they don't really like getting involved with. You know, just, just basic stuff like when they, they're first talking about the job and the customer's showing interest and they should be asking a customer, you know, how do you intend to pay? You know, really basic stuff like that. Get it out in the open. Is a credit card, you know, EFT, you know, how are you going to pay, you know? And... Really, one of the most important things is making sure that you understand who you're doing the business with. You don't want to be dealing with uh, Jim Smith and, and you do the deal, you do do whatever the work is that, uh, that he's asked you to do, and you present your invoice and he says, oh, no, no, sorry, sorry, Warwick. Uh, no, mate, I, um, I'm just handling this for my sister. She's not very good at handling uh, tradies. Uh, you'll have to re-invoice her. Oh, okay, okay. So you do that. And she said, oh, Warwick, there's no way that I can afford this. You know, I'm sorry, I just don't have the money. So all of a sudden you're between the rock and the hard place. So doing simple things like making sure you know exactly who you're working for, and especially if you're working for a, a PTY limited company, you need to know who the directors are. If you If you have a contract or an agreement in place, making sure that you are getting it signed off by the director and not the receptionist or somebody else. You know, basic things that, that really come uh, come through for you, you know, when things get a bit hairy. So obviously not having, you know, terms and conditions and agreements is a big mistake that a lot of people in this industry can make. But ones that sort of have some terms and conditions that they've either copied from somewhere else or, or whatever they've done. So what do you see come at some of the common mistakes you're seeing in terms and conditions and agreements that are out there generally? Well, quite often you, you'll, I come across um, terms and conditions that have been plagiarised, in other words, copied off some other business which is similar to theirs. But the problem is the um, a lot of the subtleties in, in the document um, make it quite clear that it's not for that particular business because they, they deal uh, quite differently. Quite often you'll see... Um, typos in there that where they've they've left the name of the old company in there by mistake so um one of the things that needs to be covered is to make sure that your terms and conditions actually uh mirror the way in which you want to do business and uh, it might be um the difference between say two identical uh, types of businesses they might be both electrical contractors or plumbers um but they like to do business uh, slightly differently, and that ha- should reflect in in their terms and conditions. They may have issues that other businesses don't have, so they need to cover those particular issues and make sure that both parties are on the same page. So, what are some of the key elements that do need to be in the fine print, Larry? I mean, it's uh, it's it's the 
the the tiny writing at the back page um, that nobody seems to read. But uh, what should our listeners make sure they cover off on in their agreements? Well, you, they need, um, like I said before, the to know exactly the true entity. So the ABN numbers, if that's applicable, or um, just making sure that uh, they do things in the proper sequence. In other words, they wherever possible to give a quote and the quote's valid for 30 days and um, how they will um, provide the service, what they want clear and, and uninterrupted access to the, to the site, um, things like um, making sure they clearly explain their payment terms. In other words, is it seven days, 14 days? Um, so that the um, way in which the business unfolds is um, everyone is on the same page. So it's the um, warranties, for instance, explaining what the warranties would be if it's, um, say, a cabinet maker. In other words, the hinges, the door handles, the drawer runners and things will all be covered by a manufacturer's warranty. But the customer has to understand that um, labour involved with replacing those things may be charged and the customer cannot tell the, the tradie that they must be out the next day to replace these things. The tradie will get out there just as soon as he possibly can. And so we don't want the tail wagging the dog. The terms and conditions clearly state that he will do it um, You know, and he'll determine when it's done. And where, when there's physical goods involved, uh, so, you know, let's say a, a kitchen, for example, where appliances have been installed or maybe a building contract, um, if payment's not made, <clears throat> I think there's a perhaps a misconception that, well, you know, I'm entitled to go and take those things back uh, as the tradesperson because you haven't paid me for them or the pool fence. You know, I'll go and rip it out if you don't pay me for it. Uh, but it's a little bit more complicated than that, isn't it, Larry? That's right. If it's fixed to the land, you can't do that. You should always have a retention of title uh, clause in your documentation, and that might work. Let's say you're doing putting some cabinetry into a couple of townhouses. You've fitted uh, one set, and you're about to fit the, the other set. It's in the garage of the uh, other unit. Uh, the first payment hasn't been made then you're quite entitled to go in there and uplift the cabinetry from that second unit um, because it hasn't been fixed and fitted. So the retention of title gives you that right. And does that have anything to do with this uh, PPSR thing? So uh, I know you know it's been in for a while now and uh, perhaps we should explain what that is for our listeners. Yes, sure. The, 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 it's known as the PPSA, the Personal Property Securities uh, Act, and what they do is they have a government registration point where you can go in as a supplier of product uh, and register the fact that you have uh, supplied ABC PTY Limited with $10,000 worth of cabinetry, but it only works business to business. It doesn't work if you're dealing with um, Joe Bloggs uh, homeowner, and it would only work if you were supplying the builder and he was doing the fixed fixing of that particular product so you you have to be careful to uh, make sure that uh, if you're going in and fixing and fitting the product then the pps does not apply 
Uh, yeah, okay. So it can be a bit of a, a minefield for people, isn't it, to, I guess, know their rights, and, and that's why it is important to have all of this sorted out beforehand so that when you're getting sign-off from people that everybody's clear on uh, what we're actually entering into in terms of business relationship or a supplier relationship. Yes, exactly. So if you wanted to get involved with the Personal Property Securities Register and make sure you had those things in place, one of the things, that, or two of the things that you would need is the retention of title clause in your documentation plus a PPSA clause in the document as well. Yeah, right. So another good reason to make sure that you don't just copy and paste these from good old Google. Yeah, pretty much, yes. And so another thing that you help a lot of businesses with is, is credit risk. So what do you, um, what advice do you give to a lot of this industry about minimising their credit risk, especially dealing with the bigger builders and the bigger companies when often there's really large amounts outstanding? Yes, well, um, it is. Uh, there are some mechanisms that you can use, some really good tools. So if you're trading in a head a head contract uh, get, uh, makes an offer to uh, for a, a large amount of uh, work to be done, you can do a credit report on that particular uh, builder to make sure, number one, he has a good payment history, so at least you know what you're up against. And there are some uh, ways in which you can approach it. If you do find out when you do the credit report that he has had a bit of a uh, sketchy past and, and he's owed money in uh, a few years ago and had to be taken to court to get the money out of him. It doesn't mean to say you don't deal with him. It just means you, you arrange the, the, the deal slightly differently. You make sure that you get a sizable uh, deposit to cover materials and that you get regular weekly uh, progress payments, maybe something along those lines, rather than just waiting to get paid at the end of the job. Because I know in some episodes we've spoken with um, Commissioner Griffin from QVCC and a big issue is, you know, subbies have to wait till the head contractor gets paid and, you know, that the beck and call of all that happening. So, you know, how do you find that um, getting around that for a lot of these smaller guys? Well, um, BASIPA, you know, the Building and Construction Industries Payments Act is a very useful tool and we can help uh, customers by putting them in touch with a guy called John Lowry who's an expert in that field. He's a quantity server by trade um, and he, you, I think most uh, tradies would need a bit of guidance the first time they um, go through the uh, BASIPA um, uh, process but once they've done it uh, and John's guided them then they would be self-sufficient from then on they'd know exactly how to do it but it is a, a, a mechanism and a way in which that they can fast track payment from a head contractor I think the, a key lesson in that is not to just leave it go and feel like you have no recourse so you know someone listening to the show um, hopefully there's there's not too many people out there who are owed money by bigger contractors uh, or, or other contractors but um, I see a lot of tradies they leave it go too long they don't do anything about it they feel like you know they don't want to put pressure on them because they might not get any more work out of them but unfortunately it, it can actually send them broke uh, and so it really is important to take that action early isn't it it, it sure is and if you do have uh, a good um, business that you can give them a call like Ledger Guard and just explain the situation you're in, ask for a little bit of advice. I mean, Ledger Guard can't give legal advice, but we can give uh, advice based on all the experience that we have had for over the many years. 
and uh, that can be quite valuable too because um, there are a number of uh, ways in which you can go about it and uh, but with Bicipa for instance it's time is of the essence it's quite time sensitive so you you need a bit of guidance as to whether it's appropriate to go through the Bicipa um, process. So Larry, it's it's probably uh, harking back to a bit of my past uh, in accounting and financial planning many, 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 many years ago. Uh, but case studies are uh, are often used to, I guess, show how this can all work. Have you got an example of a good case study, perhaps? I mean, I uh, don't want to talk about the bad stories. I'm sure there's plenty out there. But have you got an example of somebody who did get all this right and, and you know, things worked out um, well for them in the end? Yes, well, I'll, I'll tell you two. I'll tell you... Uh not such a good story. It was a steel fabricator in um, uh, Narangbar, and they did a job for a, for a, a large company. They didn't have particularly strong terms and conditions in place, but they felt reasonably confident, and they went ahead and, and did the work, and Previously, about a year beforehand, I'd been in touch with this company and said, look, uh, are you familiar with uh, the PPSA and how you can put a registration on and become a secured creditor so that if a business you're dealing with goes into uh, receivership or liquidation, you are a secured creditor. And there's another thing called unfair preference payments, which says that when the receiver steps into your liquidated uh, customer, they can have a look at the books and they can claw back any payments that have been made to you going back six months. They can legally do that. And um, so when I mentioned that to this uh, steel fabricator, he said, oh, no, mate. He said, uh, yeah, sounds all right. But he said, I'm, look, I'm not worried. He said, I never have any problems getting paid. And besides, they're, they're too scared not to pay me. And I thought, wow, he must be a big, powerful guy, you know, to say that. So I thought, okay. And I said, do you mind if I give you a ring back uh, further down the track just to see if you, you might be interested then? And he said, oh, yeah, you can if you want to. So anyway, sure enough, I had a diary note. I gave him a call a year later, and uh, he wasn't in the office, so I rang him on his mobile. And I said, oh, it's Larry uh, Brownson here from Ledger Guard. I uh, remember I talked to you about the, the PPSR and what protections you can put in place if you're dealing with a, one of your customers that goes into liquidation. He said, who told you to call me? I said, no, no, it's just a, a diary note that I uh, I gave you a call about a year ago. And he said, oh, mate, he said, I've just been stung for 320 grand and I've got $60,000 worth of fabricated product in my shed ready to go to the customer. He said, man, I don't know, I should have listened to you. He said, if I had have done something along your lines, maybe I wouldn't be in this pickle. Anyway, he's struggling and he may survive, but um, he said could be another month and he might be out of business, but he's struggling to get through. And, uh, you know, without, uh, I guess, disclosing too much, but what might have been the cost for him to put something in place, Larry, that could have, uh, you know, put him in a much better situation? Well, it would have been... uh, maybe a, a revision of his terms and conditions to make sure he had that retention of title and a PPS clause in there. So it might have been a couple of hundred dollars to get that tweaked and then training him and his staff to put the registrations on, uh, another s- small fee. Um, so so even, even if it was a couple of grand, two or $3,000, uh, 
he could have avoided perhaps, you know, being held out for 300 plus and, and even facing his own financial demise off the back of that. That's right. Well, the problem is I see it for um, a lot of my customers aren't particularly worried if they found themselves in a situation where one of their customers went into liquidation owing them a couple of grand. But what they don't want is they don't want that unfair preference play- payment clawback. They don't want them to the receiver to step in and have a look at the books and claw back six months worth of two grand a month. And see, the difference is 10 or 15 years ago, if a receiver stepped into a business, um, quite often the, the business owner would own the shed, he might own uh, vehicles and equipment. So the, the receiver had something to actually work with to turn into, uh, as, to work with the assets to uh, help pay off the uh, creditors. But nowadays, uh, business owners don't own the shed, they lease it. They lease all their equipment. So when the receiver steps in, there's not much there. So they're going to be quite mercenary and they're going to look around for every opportunity they can Mm. to claw back some money. So what about a happy story, Larry? Because I'm feeling a little bit... Yeah, sorry about that. But (laughs) But it's a great example, mate, and and it is really important to to get that stuff sorted. So give us us the flip side. We have uh, had another uh, client who was a... uh, They organized pumps, submersible pumps and all sorts of pumps. They had uh, customers like hospitals and things like that. So they did some really uh, small deals and some really big deals. And they had distributors throughout Australia. And one of their distributors went broke. And um, they had the PPS in place. They had a half a dozen pumps down at this um, distributor in New South Wales. And they were able to get those back because they'd registered the fact that they'd supplied those uh, products. And uh, so that was a good story. And there wasn't much in the way of assets in that business, so they didn't get paid out uh, any money that was owed. There was just a small, I think, six and a half grand that was owed on top of the getting the pumps back. But it was a satisfactory um, result. So they were reasonably happy. Yeah, so you never know basically what's going to happen. No. So it's really no. important to make sure that you do have all this in place. So with one question we like to ask our listeners is, if you had a 1,000 tradies in a room, what would be the one piece of advice you'd like to give them? I think it would be know who you're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, it sounds simplistic, but I've seen so many people that go out there to try and chase money that's owed to them, and they, they've got the wrong entity they don't even really know exactly who it is that they should have invoiced yeah great thanks for it's great advice and i think there's a lot of you know traders out there that are now maybe you know re-looking at their agreements and their terms and conditions and so if anyone wants to find out more or get your advice on their situation how can they contact you well they can they can get it us through the uh the web where our website which is uh, www.ledgerguard com.au and we're more than happy to sit down and have a no obligation meeting have a cup of coffee and just talk about their business and and maybe come up with a few solutions to issues that they may face from time to time and then we can go from there great and you service all over australia so yes just yes. Uh, head to the website ledgerguard.com.au thanks for your time larry thank you thanks mate <laughs> 
So lots of great lessons from Larry there. So if you want to find out more about, you know, your terms and conditions to make sure they're right, make sure to check out ledgerguard.com.au and uh, we'll put all these details on the website as well. That's right. And um, if you want to learn more about getting your business right, there's a couple of ways you could do that. Uh, the first is you could go and join the Tradies Business Toolkit. It's just a dollar US for the first 30 days. And I'll give Matt another shout out. G'day, Matt. Thanks for uh, your feedback, buddy. Um, but go and join the Tradies Business Toolkit at tradiesbusinesstoolkit.com. There's all sorts of templates in there. Uh, there's training videos. There's bonus interview footage from some of our guests that we've uploaded to there. So uh, they share some of their ninja tips. And you also get access to the private Facebook group. So there's some great conversations going on in there where tradies are sharing their lessons and some of their tools and stuff as well um, with the other members. So get on board. And uh, you've probably missed the boat, but uh, it's just 10 bucks a month after that um, if you join before June 30 so uh, you need to get on your bike and do that quick otherwise the price goes up from July 1st and the other thing you can do to make your business better is uh, check out our show sponsors face to face training um, whether you want to give incentives to your workers and help them get upskilled and some formal qualifications or you want to get some management and leadership uh, training as well there could be some government incentives Maybe. so that it doesn't actually cost you anything, mm-hmm. but we're not the experts in that, so you need to <laughs> check out. That's pretty apparent, isn't it? It is. It is. <laughs> experts in anything, actually. face to faceedu.au Tell them. Tell them something. Yeah. Uh, tell them Wazza and Mick sent you. That's it, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure they'll look after you even more than they already would. Good stuff. Well, thanks again for tuning into the Tradies Business Show. We really do appreciate you listening. Great to have you with us. And until next time, hooroo. hooroo. Hey. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.